This is the final word daily from the Commonwealth Games with Jeff Lemon and Natalie Germanos. It's brought to you by Advanced Hair Studio. If you can hear a bit of music in the background, that's the medal ceremony. They're doing it right now. We sort of forgot about it because we do cricket <laughs> matches and we never have a medal ceremony. But we were about to sum up the day of the finals and, and here we are. Australia in the middle, New Zealand on the right, India on the left. That gives you a hint about what happened. Yeah, it does, actually. I'm kind of giving it away. Yeah, I have a bit. Should I do the 30-second summary? Yes, you're going to do that. You're going to do it more justice than me. You're much better at remembering the numbers than me. All right. Australia lost an early wicket. That was Healy. Uh, and then it was Mooney and Lanning who put on heaps. Uh, then some wickets fell in weird and wonderful ways, which we'll go into as the uh, podcast goes on. Mooney batted for a long time for 60-odd. They ended up making 161 Australia, a bit under par. Uh, and India looked like they weren't going to chase it when their openers got out cheaply, and then they were when, when Harman Preet and Jameer Rodriguez were chasing it, and then they buggered it up at the end. Uh, and earlier there was a bronze medal game between England and New Zealand that no-one paid that much attention to. England were awful, um, and their medal pocket remains empty. Uh, I'll come back to that more later. That was terrible in terms of there, there was no actual information about the games, but... Listen to that round of applause. That was for me for the 30-second summary. <laughs> People love it here. They absolutely love it. So trays and trays of medals out there in about 15 players per squad. Looks like you um, get a medal even if you weren't in the 11. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm suspecting. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, 15. 15 on each podium. <laughs> right. Australia won the gold medal. Now... That's not an unexpected thing to say, not a controversial thing to say, but for a long part of today, it didn't look like it would necessarily be the case. In fact, I thought this game was one of those games that literally either side could win the whole way through, like right up until uh, maybe when, when they were nine down, they needed 10 off the last four balls, and I was like, they could do it, but they probably won't do it. But up until about that point, it was like... Both teams are in it, both teams are in it, both teams are in it the whole way through. That's the final you want, isn't it? Because we so often talk about semi-finals being close, which we've had, and then you have a final sometimes that can disappoint. Mm. And in T20, the T20 World Cup in 2020 in Australia largely disappointed because yep. India never really were in that chase. It didn't disappoint for the entertainment we got from Healy, obviously, that time mm. around, but... And Mooney, who everyone forgets, yeah, made more runs. It's funny how everybody seems to not mention her name. Her right? 78 not out. Yeah, and, and the fact that she's probably one of the most underrated yeah. players in the world. Mm. I absolutely love her. She's shown again her value, obviously, in this tournament. And today, the way she went about her innings was sensational. Mm. It's like she was playing in a different match because there was so much going on on the other end. You had the, the run-out of, of Meg Lady, which was almost a freak thing in a way. It was really good awareness by running out, flicking the ball through the legs and onto the stumps. It was unbelievable. But in that time, all these things happening, brilliant catches by India, wonderful fielding, all of that, Miss Mooney is as calm as anything, like she's just going through a net, mm -hmm. scoring her runs as she does, she follows up the boundaries with singles, she hardly had any dot balls in her innings, as she often does. Mm -hmm. and in a final, it's like, it, it was just like, oh, it's just a Saturday comeback. And 61 of 41, it's the speed of scoring as well. She's not hacking at the bowling, but she's going at a strike rate of 150. And it makes such a difference when you've got that speed up top that even when they had a, a stutter through the middle, it didn't derail the whole innings. The amazing thing is that middle period for Australia, when you look after the power play, which the power plays, they haven't been very good actually through the tournament because of Healy mm. and Healy not being the greatest of four. It wasn't the Healy day again, which we all thought may happen. Mm. But after Seven the power play, yeah. yeah. 
After that power play up until the 15th over, they were going at over nine and over, and that's the Beth Mooney factor. Mm-hmm. It's not anybody else, it's Beth Mooney and yep. what she was able to do. And without her today, well, they wouldn't have had those gold medals. Well, exactly. So it's a 72-run partnership with Meg Lanning, who was looking pretty ominous, hit a big six. She ended up making 36. She hasn't had a huge score in T20s for quite a while. Um, I mean, she made that 100 in 2019. She's had a couple of biggish 50s in the intervening years. They haven't played heaps, but she's she hasn't been quite the same super imposing character that she has always been. Uh, it's more cheering for stuff. It's just a lot of cheering going on. I don't, know, I don't know what that's for particularly. And then, I mean, this is kind of Hall of Fame worthy, but, but a ball being played back to her from Rowdy Yard off the left arm spinner, who's backing away towards the leg side, no, towards the offside because it's Mooney who's hit at the left-hander. Uh, and, and Lanning's backing up on that side of the pitch and she turns around to get back in her crease. Rowdy Yardup's backed into her path, sort of clips her leg, having got, grabbed the ball really cleanly and then, like, she's on a down ball court with the tennis ball, you know, where you play the four square with the chalk. It was that kind of style. She pats it between her legs and it goes back onto the stumps and Lanning's short of her ground. I mean, incredible bit of feeling. Lanning was pissed. Like, she was fuming about it because she thought she'd been impeded. But it's like, you might have been impeded, but it was by a player falling backwards, yeah. not looking at you, not thinking about where you were, but just concentrating on getting the ball. And they do have a right to go for the ball. So if you're going to be in their way, that's more the point than if they're in your way. Yeah. Meg Lanning has a right, obviously, to question it, to yeah. ask the question and say, but hang on a second, was yeah. she not impeding me? Yeah. I don't think she was. I don't think Rudy out of even knew really exactly where Meg Lanning was. Yeah. As you said, she's backing into it. So, and she's, she didn't actually have a sight of Meg Lanning, except knowing that she probably was short of her ground. Yeah. And that's really it. I don't think she had an exact thought of where she was. So, in the end, McLaren had to go around Radio, which may, of course, have made the difference. But I don't think there was enough of, of a case, really, to say that she actually did it. Um, impeded her, and she certainly didn't do it sure. intentionally. So, I don't think there was any malice in that. I just think it was fantastic awareness yep. from Radio. Who probably had the game of her life out in the field. Oh, absolutely. Because the next over, Talia McGraw comes out, who remembered. You know, average is about 150 with a strike rate of 150 at this point. Uh, and also has COVID. Forgot to mention that off the top. Tested positive for COVID this morning before the match. Why the toss was delayed. That's why the toss was delayed. Uh, and they checked the rules and regs and said that in the Commonwealth Games, they've decided that you're allowed to compete if you're doing an outdoor sport. It's non-contact and you're unlikely to infect anybody and, um, and depending on the severity of your case. So she had a... case by case basis. Yes. So they assessed her case and said she's probably not super infectious. She's not likely to infect anyone. She was wearing a mask and sitting separately in the dressing room. She didn't get in the team huddles for celebrations and stuff. Is she on the podium, actually? She is, but she's wearing a mask. She's the tallest one right in the middle, wearing yeah. a, a big form-fitted N95 sort of respirator mask to make sure that nothing leaks out. And also most of the Australian teams had COVID in the last yeah. six months anyway. And in the UK, no-one cares about COVID at all. <laughs> they're just completely indifferent. You get on a packed tube train and they're all like, nah, no masks, no, masks. no, no worries. So that's the sort of situation. Uh, she said she was feeling fine to play, so she did play. First failure of her T20 career, really. First single-figure score. Cuts it away for two. Rowdy Yardov takes a screamer, like a proper, proper, you know, mid-air diving catch off to Tishama off the top edge and and then I mean it just kept going back and forth right then Ash Gardner comes in and makes what 25 or 15 balls hits a six then gets out then Grace Harris gets out and, and for, for two I think and Renuka Singtaka is the one doing it again so she ends up at two for 25 she's got Healy and she's got Harris and so there are points where it looks like Australia will get 200 and points where it looks like 140 and it keeps wrestling back in between Rachel Haynes bangs a few at the end hits a six down the ground gets them to 160 and you're like that's right on 
it's not par, it's above par, but it's right on something chaseable. Yeah. You're like, India can do 160. They probably can't do 180, but they can do 161. They can do 8 and over. Yeah, the Australian made 184 in the T20 World Cup exactly. final. Then you kind of felt, oh, too much. It's probably too much, yeah. unless maybe a Shafali yeah. Bender, for example. It's going to take a god innings yes. from one player, whereas 160 is not. Today, and especially because of the form of Sweaty Mangan, I know she didn't make runs there, but because of her form, because of the batting order, Hamilton Paul's been in good form as well, I thought, this is really chaseable. Mm. And those little moments in the field, that catch, yep. the run out, all of it, I just felt, oh, maybe this means it's India's day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Goes to that. Yeah. If enough of the flashy moments or the cinematic moments yeah. go your way, right? And so it's 161 for eight. And I thought that was the same thing with Megan Shute's first over. Because I remembered 2020, that World Cup final. All the, all the sort of focus on Shafali Burma being such an attacking player at the top of the order. She's 16 years old at this point, mind you. And she nicks off third ball, caught behind, shoots first over. She's made a duck, it's done, you know. This time they go after Megan Shute, hit a couple of boundaries, uh, and the last ball, second last ball of the over, Shafali Burma skips down a bit and then punches her off the top of the bounce through cover for four. And I was like, A, that's a screamer of a shot, but B, in the context of you're facing Megan Shute in the first over of a big game and that's what you've done. I was like, they're on. India's on here. This should be their day. And then in an instant, both openers are out pretty cheaply. Yeah, I think Mandela's wicket was huge because she's been the one in form and she's got them off to the start that they wanted as well. And of course, from Verma's point of view, she's kind of taken a cue from Mandela. Mandela's been scoring runs and then Verma would come in after that and maybe score the other runs and she kind of catches up. So for me, Mandela was was crucial. Verma, they just got the tactics right. They knew the matchup. They yep. knew the They knew this one. Even though she was dropped yeah. by Megan Shoot, yeah. who it was, it was obviously very hard, not easy. Well, I mean, that was extraordinary. Both those dismissals were extraordinary. So Darcy Brown bowls almost a full over right on the blue line across the left-handed Nandana, right? Almost too wide to reach. And I think it was the fifth ball of the over. Was, it probably should have been called a wide and it wasn't. Mandana's annoyed and she's like, all right, I'm going to have to go all the way out there to chase this because this is where they're going to bowl to me. So the next ball she moves across and I do not know if it was deliberate or if it just slipped, but Darcy Brown bowls on the leg stump and bowls her behind their legs and you're like, you don't see that from fast bowlers that often. But she's stepping across to try to access the ball, slips it in, bang, leg stump, uh, and she's gone. And then Shafali Verma, I mean, incredible. She has a huge slog, goes a million miles in the air, simple catch on the edge of the ring, dropped. Next ball is like... On her leg stump, she moves across to try to shovel it away and it misses her leg stump by like a millimetre, like a micron. You've nearly lost both openers bowled behind their legs and it goes for five wides because Healy misses it. So it's like, this is Shambletown and I don't know who is the mayor. And then Shafali Bear was like, well, I've been reprieved twice now. I think I should try to absolutely murder a ball over the leg side. And she just hits it straight up in the air again. And it's the only thing that went for Dahlia McGrath that day was she took that catch. You know, everything else yeah, was horrible. True. She got belted when she bowled. She she dived around in the boundary and kept knocking balls into the fence. And, yeah. she, and she got out for her first low score. But she did take that catch, which was necessary at that point. It was necessary because obviously she probably ever can be dangerous. And she had just been dropped. Imagine another drop catch. Mm. It, it, it may deflate even Australia. It would have been funny. <laughs> for some. I mean, after the first one, it would have been especially funny. <laughs> it would have been bizarre, for sure. I don't think anybody would have expected that, that's for sure. Especially when we saw already a hat-trick list earlier on mm. in the tournament when Meg Lanning dropped a catch. Right. It's not very often you see them drop catches. Oh.
I will. That will be funny forever. I'm, I'm sorry for Alana King, but, you know, that was... It's kind of painful and funny at it the same painful, time. Yeah. Um, so they're two for 22, you know, Richie Benno stuff, and they're in strife, and I'm thinking, because at least one of their openers has to... It's not like they have to win the game on their own, but usually they have to give India something, and maybe it's just 30 or 40, but it's quickly, and that's enough to boost them into the, into the innings. They didn't have that. And then... Harry, I love that they call her Harry, the Indian players. It's such a great nickname for, for Harman Preet. And Jamima Rodriguez come in, take a little bit to build, and then it flourishes into this wonderful partnership. It's really good signs for India going forward, because if Jamima Rodriguez is going to come in, mm. then at number three and capitalise on it, yep. well, it's good signs for India going forward, that is for sure. And I reckon that that's the plan. I think they need to keep her there, show confidence in her and nurture her in that position. Then you've got Harman Preet Kaur coming in. That is a very strong batting line. Yep. Today, well, that, that partnership was a record breaker against Australia for India for mm. any wicket. 96 runs. Absolutely sensational. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's and it's laced with different things. So Harman Preet's the aggressor. She hits a couple of sixes. She's sweeping fours. She's laying into the bowling. Jamima Rodriguez is just sort of working it around here and there. Eventually catches up to run a ball. So she's 33. Harman Preet makes 65. And you're like, they, they need about nine and over at the point that they get together. And they keep getting that. And they keep whittling it down to sort of eight, 8.6, 8.5, They're keeping pace with it. They're keeping pace with it. And then they get up to 118, and then some of the wheels start coming off, I suppose. Rodriguez gets out, they send Vastraka up as a pinch hitter. That doesn't work, she's out quickly, caught in the deep. Fine, fair enough, that's what she was there to do. Um, but it's Harman Preet's wicket that is the key, you know, and then it starts to slide away, the, the, little, the little dinky thing, the little glove kind of deal. Um, and, it, and it pops up towards Silly Point and the wicket keeper runs around. Just to they just put some fireworks on for our YouTube video, so that's nice of them. Um, <laughs> it's popping up behind us there. This is actually a sonic recreation of Harman Preet's innings. Uh, and then the, uh, it's almost the blue and orange, I suppose, for India, the blue and yellow smoke billowing out behind us. So... It was, I mean, it was such good innings and then it ended in this dinky little funny way and I was like, oh, they're, they're close enough that surely the rest of them can get them over yeah. the line. And then it kept swinging back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. I think the awareness from Healy in that moment was quite sensational, really, because how, as a keeper, she would have even seen what was going on because it was literally this little lift that Harmony Core was playing, but back was pretty much straight down the, down the pitch. And it came off her helmet and went mm. up and flew out to that side, to what was her offside at the time. It was great awareness by Healy, and a moment that if that had been missed, that chance, I think India would have gotten yep. home in that situation. I think Roman Precourt would have settled herself and, and actually taken it home. So that, that could have changed the game, really. And unfortunately for India, I'm not too sure if it was just that the nerves of the situation, if it yep. was any other game, if it wasn't the gold medal final, would they have got home? Yeah. They may very well have. Yeah. Maybe because it was the situation if that got to them, I'm not too sure. Australia, you have to give them credit, of course, because they've got nerves of steel. They don't often show worry. They don't often show concern. Yeah. Um, and the Meg Lanning is, is as calm as it gets as a captain. 
So you have to give them credits as well. Yep. And, and they've got a few players that they know they can turn to. Jess yep. Johnson, for example, is a last over. Mm-hmm. She does it a lot. Yep. She's used to it. That helps in these situations. And someone like Deepti Sharma keeps her calm with the ball, but doesn't necessarily with the bat. So she was out there not quite sure how to go about things, like finding the outfield a bit. And then the run out with Snairana, who comes in, drills a boundary, and you're like, okay, she's the one. She sometimes has the magic. Yeah. She might be the one to make something happen. Deep T's sort of dozy, ends up running her out. Um, and then Radi Yadav gets run out. And, and, and then Deep T gets herself out. And they keep sort of, you know, everyone comes in and makes a couple and sort of just inches them closer and inches them closer. But it's the law of diminishing returns. They, they come down to the last over. They need 11 from the last over. They've got two wickets in hand. Um, and they've got Yastika Bhatia coming out because she was the concussion substitute replacement for Tanya Bhatia who got hit in the head while keeping, which we didn't even mention because, because you know, this was a sort of, yeah, I know, it's happened a couple of times. So Yastika's out there having not faced a ball and they're like, all right, we need you to get 11 off the last over. Um, and she sacrifices her, her batting partner in order to get back on strike, which I was like, okay, I, I get that. You've got to get two, and if you need to lose a wicket, so be it. The dot ball first up, first, yeah. first up was a bit bizarre. Didn't take the run down to long off first ball, then hits it to long on and says, well, we'll take two. It was the same shot, same ball, but I suppose by that point, desperation stakes. You've got to try to score something. And then she, it's Jess Jonathan, like you say. I mean, she got belted around by New Zealand in the semi, but... She just bowls at the stumps, that's what she does, and she hits her on the pad, LBW. I was busy watching the ball go down to towards uh, deep third because it, I thought it came off the edge, but it came off her pad. So I'm going, oh, God, they're running extras, and actually she's been given out and the match is over. But they review it, and so we have that sort of anticlimax of the thing being decided on review. Anyway, India down there, they've got their silver medals, they've got flags, they're posing for photos, um, and New Zealand's got the bronze, and we should probably very briefly mention that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose it to you like this and that. England showed up to the game today like a team that was disappointed about not making the gold medal game, and that's all they were thinking about, and New Zealand showed up like a team that was here to win the bronze medal game because they didn't expect to be in the other one. Yeah, and, and for me, I actually thought it might possibly be the other way around, only because New Zealand played the late game last mm. night. It would have been really tough for them to yep. get up for that early morning game, yeah. and it's earlier, by the way. We, we started at 10 instead yep. of 11. So we shifted an hour earlier. All the morning games have been 11 a.m., so they finished at, what, like 9.15, 9.30 last so, night? Yeah, it would have been a full game. And they would have had to be back at the ground at like seven eight this morning in order to play so they would have just trucked home had a kip and, and came straight back and played again yeah. bowled really well um england were pretty awful you know and, and you could see it in their play and that came out and just was kind of sloggy bashing you know hit a couple of nice shots and then gets out swiping across the line and, and england just looked kind of meh they looked emotionally hung over and they probably were i think for them they were expecting to be in the final yeah. they'd set their sights on that final and they were looking at nothing else um, and that's fair enough because I think they're a good enough side to have made the final. Mm. Um, I don't know that they're quite the polished outfit just yet. I still think that they're on the way up as a team. Yep. I think for New Zealand, though, a bronze medal is a real accomplishment. Massively. Considering the last few years yep. they're forming major tournaments, yep. they have been poor in yeah. ICC tournaments. They've made the knockout stages in ICC uh-huh. tournaments. But yeah, they won are. anything in them. Exactly. They're in the semi-finals and they got a chance to then win. They obviously would have been disappointed losing the semi-finals. Yeah, but I think they knew they're coming up against Australia. They're probably not, not going to win. They, they're, they're like a 9 out of 10 not going to win that game. They might scrape it once in a while, but they wouldn't have felt... It wouldn't have been a huge disappointment, whereas England were totally expecting to make the final and then totally hadn't recovered. Yeah, absolutely. And they definitely weren't up for this match. And I don't think they could ever say that they were. 
Um, and, and you can't blame them because no. it is incredibly difficult and it's a situation you're not really in in ICC tournaments. Once you lose a semi-final, you're normally out and you're not actually playing another game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for New Zealand, this is a, a monster achievement for me. To get a bronze medal, this team is trying to find a way back mm -hmm. together and trying to rebuild. This is huge for them. Confidence ahead of the T20 World Cup. So 9 for 110 England score. It was pretty, it was a bit of drudgery watching that. And then New Zealand just came out and went, yeah, we'll knock that off. We'll knock that off real quick. We'll do it inside 12 overs. Um, Sophie Devine, 51, not out. The headline act, Amelia Kerr, 21, not. But Susie Bates was the one who really got it going. 20 off 10. And she laid into them off the top. She was like, all right, I'm here to hit you for boundaries in the power play <laughs> and chew gum and I'm allowed to gum kind of stuff. Just, just got them going so there was never any thought of that. Oh, total not quite sure how to do it you know I mean they were going at 10 and over after the first four they had 42 on the board I think and she'd basically broken the back of the chase by the time she got out and that's what you want from your senior players they need to stand up in those situations and say you know what mm. I'm going to take responsibility yeah she is big has been in good form so you expect her to hit the ball well yeah. and she did she took advantage of some poor bowling in particular from Catherine Brunt who probably bowled the worst we've seen her all summer it was a very tough day, I think, for her. She yep. was hoping for that gold medal or a chance at it at least. And it just didn't work out today. So, really good credit to New Zealand. I think they should be very proud of the efforts. Time for the Hall of Fame. Final Word Hall of Fame is the most final word moment of the day, the thing that amused us the most. is brought to you by advancedhairstudio.com slash final word. Uh, they can help you if you want to get more hair on the top of your head. Um, they can maybe help you in other places. I don't know. I could, you'll, we'll have to ask them. There's a conversation between you and them. Either way, you get 15% off if you go to that website. Uh, they are the world leaders in hair restoration. Right, Hall of Fame. What sprung out? I mean, the Rowdy Yard I've run out is definitely up there in the Hall of Fame. That was spectacular. I liked the fact that when Australia was six down, Rachel Haynes goes, I'm going to hit a six over long on, you know, with about three overs to go. There's that kind of remorseless Australian thing, like, we're not worried, we will just keep hitting. That's just what we'll do. And it worked. That is their batting lineup, though, isn't it? Yeah. I think the one thing that still stands out for me, and I can't help but people at this, I shouldn't, but I do. Tanya Bartiak gets struck on the helmet, which was serious, obviously. It was so serious that she had to be replaced. Concussion, mm. all of those things. Hopefully, I'm sure they'll watch her very closely and and there will be a, maybe a slight concern over her. Yep. But then Yastika Bhatia comes in as the concussion substitute. Now, this all happens in the batting line while India are batting, sure. trying to chase this down. And it gets to a point where Yastika Bhatia actually has to bat. Right. She comes off the bench, she tries to jump over the advertising warning, and she trips. She nearly gets concussed herself. <laughs> She's the concussion substitute, and she nearly gets concussed herself. And in a moment where the pressure is as high as it gets for India, the bench is laughing. Every single one of them bursts out in laughter. They couldn't help it. It was a bit of comic relief in a stressful situation. And uh, the last one I'm going to throw in is um, my a colleague in here, Alex Hartley, who was on BBC Radio. She did an interview with Sophie Devine a few days ago uh, with Kate Cross, who was in the, the squad, the England squad, um, and didn't play in the eleven in this tournament. Uh, and Kate was wearing the team jacket, and she said something about this, there's a, a special pocket in the top of the jacket. Sophie Devine's like, what's that? And Kate Cross says, oh, that's the medal pocket. And, and Sophie Devine says, oh, typical F in England, so arrogant that you have to have a medal pocket. Now, this isn't the cricket team. It's the whole England Commonwealth Games squad. They've got this jacket with a little pocket to pop your medal in when you win one because of course you're going to and so I just thought that must have been stewing away in Sophie Devine's mind and I wonder if it gave her a bit of extra satisfaction to play England in the bronze game 
and win the medal herself and say, I'll just wear it around my neck, thanks. No oh, need for the pocket. She may very well. If we look back at the footage, yeah. you may see a moment where Sophie Devine might have done something yeah. like this. I would have. Or maybe, maybe if we see her out tonight, she'll be wearing an England team jacket with, <laughs> with the medal in the pocket. <laughs> As was the style at the time, uh, this has been the final Word Daily. Massive thanks to Natalie Germanos for taking the time each day to hang out with us um, and walk us through everything that happened at the Commonwealth Games. It was fun. Hopefully we'll get to do it again in four years and maybe even the Olympics in 2028. Who knows? Uh, you can find us on patreon.com slash thefinalword and we do lots of other podcasts if this is the first one you're hearing. There's our history show, there's our weekly news show, there are our interviews. Uh, it's all on the Final Word podcast feed or on the YouTube channel. Thanks for following along. We'll see you next time. From Edgebaston, signing off. I had to go about it.